What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Thomas Free Me TV and Podcast Show. What's going on, man? How y'all been? What's happening? So, everything has been copacetic on this side. Keeping it pushing, keeping it moving forward. No matter the stress, no matter how the devil wants to bring me down, I keep it pushing, man. That's what we do. And that's why you tune in here, which I thank you guys for, man. Thank you for all my subscribers who tune in and catch my bullshit. It's not bullshit, man. This is real life. To my real life, real facts. This is why you tune in to the Thomas Free Me podcast show to get facts, honesty, truth about what's going on in America. And inside is Deepest Darkest Secrets, which is its prison industry. And that's what we're here to do is crack the code to show how prison is a business, to show how it's not about rehabilitation and to show how it is about the destruction of our communities. And that's exactly what it's doing. It puts us in a state to where we make emotional decisions. We go out and do crazy shit. And then the next thing you know, we're in jail and we're right where they want us to be. So. Without further ado, let's get into the show today, man. I got Polly. Polly's coming to me. She is a citizen of the United States, of course. And her and her family are, are going through some strife, man. And what that strife is, is that her brother, son, loved one, family member is incarcerated. And he's not getting a fair shake from the court system. So we're going to... Um, go through that. We're going to delve into what's going on with William, with Polly, and let's see what's going on. Um, again, the channel is about community, unity. It's about coming together, being one strong voice, one strong nation, taking our nation back, we the people, and showing the, represent the representatives that we are the boss, and we're tired of asking, man, do you understand? We are tired of asking we the people are going to get this shit straight and that's what we're here to do man let's grab america by the nuts let them know that we are the boss and this is how we do it man we come together we help one another out no matter what culture color creed no matter what's going on you're a citizen and i understand so therefore we're here to help man so let's get into it i love you guys <laughs> Um, so how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, and how is everybody, week. how is everybody's like stress management and what's not, you know, what not going through this whole process? Well, for me, it's not as bad. I mean, yes, it's stressful, but it, it's more stressful for him because the ineptness of the system just keeps compiling on him. Mm-hmm. You know, all we can do is, is, you know, fight the battle for him, but, you know, he's stuck there dealing with the abuse and with the ineptness and nobody seemed to know what's going on. Okay. Um, it's just important to, to always remember, you know, uh, do you know about me and my, my history? Yes, I did um, catch up on a little bit about you. Yes. Okay. So um, the one thing that, that we have to remember is me being an inmate 
and and out of control of my my emotions which most most people that are in prison are not in touch with their emotions they're not in control of their emotions this is some of the reasons why we go to prison to begin with and get into the stuff that we get into me being a prisoner i used to always call home and make things uh, you know sound a lot worse than what they really were um just things of that nature i used to stress the hell out of my parents you know my family things of that nature and and then when i hang up the phone it leaves them with all kinds of worry because they really don't. And then I go back to my cell an hour later after I vented to my parents or whatnot, I'm fine, you know, but they're still out there stressed. They're still out there worried, things of that nature. I like to say these things because families, families experience the same amount of stress that we, we experience, you know, the only difference is, is that you guys are, are really kind of left unknowing. You know, as you just yes. as you just mentioned a moment ago, and us as human beings, you know, that's that's the worst for us is unknowing because our minds just go crazy with all kinds of things. So the things I like to tell families is, is, you know, first and foremost, we have to remember that we're dealing with an entity that is sadistic in the most part. They, they're they're unempathetic. They don't care. They're overwhelmed. And and it's a slim, slim chance that you will land on the desk of somebody that really cares, you know. So these are the things that we always have to remember when we're dealing with with an entity like this, because there's only so much that we can do and everything takes time, you know. Right. Everything takes time, months and months and months, you know, and it's a lot of grueling work for us you know, we, the people, and this is why I do my channel. This is why I'm bringing you, you know, and your family on and, and just trying to bring awareness to enough people so we can get our communities to just say, that's enough. Like we, we when we want answers, we want answers. These people work for us. That's my son. Right. That's my daughter. That's my husband, wife in there, you know, and right. yes, they made mistakes, but they're in there to learn. They're in there to rehabilitate and correct their lives, you know, right. and, and we're here to help them do that, but you're cutting us off. So, okay. So from what I've read, um, and his name is, is what again? William. William. Okay. It's, 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 a, I'm still a little confused as far as who William is, what he is and how he got into all of this to begin with. And then got the probation and then what's kind of occurring with that. So just go ahead and and fill the listeners in. Just, just go ahead and tell the story of how we're here today. Well, it started probably 20 years ago. He lost a job. He was preparing to expose his employer um, for embezzlement. He had all the documentation ready to turn in to prove this guy was embezzling from the company. Guy got onto it put a bunch of stuff in my brother's file. He was a fleet mechanic. Um, He was a generator mechanic in the army. He was a decorated soldier. Um, When he lost his job, he got blacklisted. And that's kind of where the downhill spiral happened. He got into some trouble in 2006, I believe it was. That's where the restitution comes from. And he couldn't get a job when he got out. 
he was working at the Grand Rapids Recycling Center, and that money was supposed to go to start paying the restitution that was ordered. That's the $2,080 listed in the documents. Okay. To this day, nobody knows where they put that money. Nobody denies it existed, but nobody knows where they applied it. They can't find it anywhere. And that money, was the so the money was the money was cashed. Like how, yes. how was it paid? The recycling center paid it directly to the state. That was that was it. He did community. It was community service initially. He couldn't find a job afterward. They let him keep working there, and they were paying the state his wages. And and you know that for sure. You know that they were paying the state. There's yes. documentation for that. Yes. And then so when that when those monies went from the recycling center to the state, what happened? That's what we can't get answers on. That's the problem. Um, and has and monies went to the same place before? I mean, has he paid or is this like the first occurrence? This was the first occurrence. This was this is the only money he's made when he did get a job later. Um and I couldn't tell you what year it was. Everything's pretty much a jumble now, but um, he was trying to pay. I think, I don't really know. I, again, I can't answer to that. I don't know what was going on there. I know he got injured on a job. Um, and right before all of this happened in 2013, I believe he was having seizures. He had a closed head injury. Um, a hoist fell on it and hit him in the head. And I believe he was having seizures from what he was telling me. Cause when he was in Jackson, I was able to video visit with him. I have a seizure disorder. I, I, I know the signs and it looked like he was having seizures. I'd call the prison, say, Hey, he needs a, 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 C, a CAT scan or an MRI. It appears he's having seizures. They put me on hold, go to his cell, say, how you doing? He'd say, okay. They'd come back and say, he said he was fine. Right. That's what they do. But he would lose chunks of time. He wouldn't know. He'd be walking somewhere and not know why he was there. So they just ignored me. Um, I have his power of attorney. I've had it for years. I don't have medical. I have everything else. I handle all of his money. I had to get third-party authorization from the VA to get his money because they were sending the checks to him in prison. He, he applied for disability. It, from Saginaw Correctional for, through the Veterans Program, right on the return address, Saginaw Correctional Facility. Well, then they cut his, his benefits in half. So, well, we found out through an audit he was incarcerated. I said, no, you didn't. You knew it when he applied. There, there, he never hid the fact that he was incarcerated. Now you've cut his benefits. But the prison would send his benefits back to the VA because they couldn't touch that money. The only thing I could do was open an account for it to go into and I supply him with money, but anything over $50 they take and they shouldn't have access to that because the restitution that they're taking this money and supposedly applying it to shouldn't exist. Because he's doing the time. Well, he did the time in, in 2013. Is he? Constitutionally. Okay, so he's still incarcerated now. Obviously, he's right? This is a different. So what he's incarcerated for now, we believe would never have happened if it hadn't been for Judge Kennedy convicting him in violation of the Constitution. 
I see. So, okay. So the chain of events is he, he, he owes the, the, the restitution from the false accusations of the embezzlement that he was getting ready to uncover. Well, no, um, he, he got, there were, that, that was just the chain of events that led there. He did get in trouble. He, um, he made very, very poor choices as a result of the losing the job. Okay. So, so lose the job, makes poor choices, um, ends up getting restitution <clears throat> And he can't pay the restitution because he can't right, get it. Because he couldn't he, work. He couldn't work. And then the recycling company, he did some hours there and they were supposed to pay for his restitution. And that got lost. He gets, right. he gets accused of not paying the restitution and they put him in, in jail. Correct. Okay. For up to he, two years. We got that long? over the He sentenced him to 10 years. 10 years for $2,000? It was a $10,000 total. But yeah, he could have made that making a minimum wage if he could have gotten a job. We, that's why you got those documents, the bills that we sent to the state. Yeah. Um, okay. They ten, can't find that money. They never could. And, he's not, and he's a decorated soldier. Yes. Was he honorably discharged? Yes. And they give him, and he's never been in trouble before? Not before, when was it? Um, they gave him the 10 years. Before they, when they gave him the 10 years, that was from the restitution uh, from a previous, um, it was a breaking and entering charge. Uh, he, he did stupid things. I see. Um, okay. So is it, is it possible that the breaking and entering um, carried a sentence of 10 years? And if he violated or that. He served that sentence. Got it. Ten years. Boy, that is harsh. Especially when you consider that the, the fact that the case right before him, I sat in the courtroom when he was convicted. I was there. The person who went on trial before that had several dozen DUIs. I can't remember the exact number. It was somewhere between 30 and 60. Michigan has a three strikes rule. Hmm. This man was put on a tether and allowed to go home with his sister. Let me ask a question. <clears throat> was was this gentleman was he uh was he successful in any kind of way? You know what I mean? Was he was he uh, in the court's eyes a person that could could um you know make money produce? Um I'm not certain. It didn't appear that way to me. And he was on house arrest. He couldn't have worked anyway. Just, I mean, his overall career, you know what I mean? have enough information on him. Um, my well, brother, what, how, how do you think the court looked at your brother? And do you think they looked at him as a person that was just unable to really produce? The judge said it was his opinion that he could pay, but would not. He, he sentenced him based on an opinion rather than fact. The judge said that he felt that he could pay and that he chose not to, which. So, so the, in the judge's eyes by a statement like that, I would say that the judge is, yeah, he's probably looking at him as, as some sort of nuisance and, and he wants to, you know, penalize him for the fact that he could pay and he chose not to versus that he really had a struggling thing and, and couldn't pay. So the judge, the judge, 
judge this man as somebody that could do something that he had no idea about his mental capacity. Was there any kind of psychological reports after the, the, the injury? No, he got fired from the job um, after he got hurt. I turned them in to OSHA and they got penalized by OSHA. There were no records of faulty equipment, equipment repair, injury, nothing. They fired everybody that was working there when this happened. So they Under, got fired by OSHA. So he, 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 he got fired kind of like in a class action thing out of a group. They just fired everybody. They, they fired him because he got injured and they never sent him for treatment. They never off, they, which they should have done. They should have sent him to get evaluated. He got a hit, hit in the head twice, I might add. And, and rather than sending him to get evaluated and make sure he was okay, they ordered him back to work. He said, I need to take, I need a minute. And they said, nope, you're fired. This was budget tire in Lansing. Okay, there was no psychological. So they give him 10 years for the, the fine. Mm-hmm. How, how much was the, okay, so the fine was originally 10000 but how much was paid off on it? Anything at all? Or was that the $2,000? $2, $2,080 was paid, owed. but never applied. It never applied. So they're still they sentencing him. Okay, got it. Oh, it was the tether. No, it wasn't the tether. We don't charge tether fees. No, it was applied to the tether. No, it wasn't applied to the tether. Back and forth. Okay. So now when, when, when you contact and the money was going to who for the restitution? We don't know. Michigan Department of Corrections. And they're saying they have not received it. They say, oh, no, they say they received it. They just don't know what they applied it to. They admit they received it. Oh, well, but you have that. Yes, it's in the documents you have. Well, then, okay, so then what, what's the problem? That's not your problem. If they, I, I don't understand. If they're saying that they received the money, you received the money. What you did after that is not my problem. Right, but they've kept, they continue to make it his problem. The, the who, deal, who, who continues to make it? The Department of Corrections. They're, that's still holding, that's why he's got a $50 limit on the money he can have in his account, his commissary account. But what so, does the court say? That we can't get anything from anybody. The agreement, when he went in in 2013, when he got convicted to this 10 years, the judge or the attorney, Diego Avila, you've got those emails, had made a deal with the judge's assistant that he, he was already in jail. They did a show cause. They put him in jail. They agreed that he would do plead guilty and serve an additional 29 days and that that would wipe the slate clean the restitution would be done it would be gone when he went into court and he tried to argue he tried to tell the judge what was going on and what his understanding of the situation was the judge wouldn't listen and just said nope uh, I find and found him guilty they didn't even hold up their end of the deal and drop the restitution he served a year that covered it regardless that covered it and the sentence was overturned is unconstitutional. The sentence was overturned as unconstitutional. Yes. There were no facts involved. It was an opinion. A judge cannot rule based on their opinion. They have to use fact. So the judge opined that 
you know, uh, uh, he could have paid and he didn't. And because of that, because this was the judge's ruling, this was the judge's um, sentencing factor was the fact that he could pay and he chose not to, and he sentenced them a harsh sentence, right? Am I reading that correctly? And then, and then it goes to the appellate court and the appellate court overturned the judge's decision. Yes. And what was, what was the appellate court's opinion in that overturn? What did they say? Did they send it back down to the lower court? What, what happened? Yeah. Um, they sent it back down to the lower court. I don't have the documents in front of me, but they, but it, they just said that, no, this was, they sent it back for resentencing. And I don't think it ever went anywhere else after that. What well, has to go somewhere. So he's got I'm a not- resentencing hearing probably still pending than I would imagine. How long ago was this? It was 2013. Oh my goodness. Hold on. So he, I, well, I would have to see. You, it's in the documents so that I sent you. The the overturned ruling is in the documents? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, I didn't see that. I'll have to go back through there. Um, I sent you a lot. Yeah, and, and, and I tried to get through as much as I could, so I, I may have overlooked that. I didn't see that. Did I can have it resent to you. That's not a problem. Um, so it was overturned, went back to the lower court, and nothing happened? So... And this was 2013. And then, so mm-hmm. what happened after that? It, it just, he just served his time and, and, and he still owes the restitution. Right. That, yeah, the restitution was supposed to be dropped. And then he comes home and then catches some more stuff. And then now he's in prison again. He was trying to get his life in order. He was trying to work. Um, he had some issues. Um, which I think are tied to the industrial accident. I would, I still believe he's been having seizures, but I won't know until we can get our hands on him and get him evaluated. He has bleeding ulcers still. He came out of the army with those, was treated, um, and is finally being treated again, sort of, for what passes for treatment when you're in prison. Um, but he is on medication for that. So there, there've been a number of things over the years. I don't excuse what he did. Um, you know, selling drugs is not an, is not a form of, (laughs) you know, the, the thing of it is, is, is that, um, again, this is why my show is, is what it is, is, is to erase the stigma. What people don't understand is, is, you know, yes, would these guys come home, but there's no system in place to help them when they get home, you know, and, exactly. and, and our confidence is quickly crushed within weeks, you know, oh, of coming yeah. home and, and such. And, and we're always going to revert back to our comfort. We're going to revert because it's, it's about survival. You right. know, we, it's just about, we're going to get back into how we've always survived our whole life, our comfort zone. And, and that's just it, you know, and so it doesn't matter what he got into. I understand, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I understand, Me you know, I understand him coming home and I, I understand the plights of, of ret- a returning citizen. I'm one of them, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going through my own issues. So, sure. you know, I say that for the listeners, you know, for the listeners to understand that, you know, it's not about anything about judging him. It's, it's about a domino effect. It's about, it's about an occurrence that happened. And these are all the effects of what happens afterwards. You know, this is, 
This is something that millions of people deal with. And then mm-hmm. 10, 15 years down, the, you know, down the road from trauma and, and, and all kinds of other issues. Now, William is looked at as just like a, a drug dealing convict. And, and nobody even right. really wants to understand how he even got there. You know, so. Right. No, we got the V in Florida involved. Um, they've, we've already got his parole uh, conditions set. Okay. But the Michigan did nothing. Well, and this is this is why I do a lot of work up in Michigan because they're they're horrible, you know. And yet the governor tweets every morning about how how wonderful Michigan is, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> I differ. I'm gonna move to Florida. Um. Okay, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what the next step would be. The, I guess the next step is uh, is we want Michigan to drop the restitution. That that's our ultimate goal. Get this from keep this from hanging over his head for the rest of his life. He served the time and then some. For what you know, yes, he he committed the crimes. I nobody contests that. But well, you, well keep, I guess the first step is to find out what happened after the overturn. What happened? Mm-hmm. You know, because if did it come back to the lower court? Um, and, and the lower court just made an, an, you know, a ruling that we don't even know. So we have to know what kind of law that we're dealing with and what kind of ruling we're dealing with to begin with to understand right. what our rights are and what aren't, you know, mm-hmm. um, did they go back and make a ruling that no, his time, his time is his time and he still owes restitution. And we don't even know that that's where it's sitting at, you know, I believe it went the time served. We and it to- may be in the documentation that I sent you. Um, my mom's the one that kept track of all of that. Okay. I'm going to look. I'm going to look and see and see if I can track down where the overturned happened, you know, and, and what happened after that. And then I think that okay. that would probably be a, a pretty good starting place so that we, we, we have to know what ground we're starting, you know, that we have to stand on. That's first and mm-hmm. foremost when we're – when we're applying law, we have to know what law applies to, to us. We have to right. know that. So we can, that's the only way you can formulate an argument. You know what I mean? Right. So we have to, we have to, you know, take a step back and just say, where, where did, where did the breakdown occur at? You know, and it's not the money. It's, it's first and foremost, the ruling, you know, so, right. so it, it came from the, the appellate court came from the appellate court that the sentence was unconstitutional based upon opinion and not facts. Right. Um, and that debtor's prison, it, debtor's prison is, is basically what it is, which is a violation of the constitution, both us and Michigan's constitution. Sure. Well, that, that, yeah, that all that fell under um, uh, P and E and all, and all that from back in the days where they were enslaving people because of debt. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that was big up in that area, and they still do that as as yeah. you're testifying to. So, right. it, it's proving that, and that's that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Let's start. Um, if you can, just send it to me. That way, I don't have to, you know, go through all of the the uh, the documents again. 
Um, yes, I'll do that. And then I'll start there and then I'll probably end up back into the documents at some point. But I want to start. I want a starting point and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, and he's in Saginaw, right? Correct. He's in the veterans unit. Is he is he sentenced under military? No, no. The veterans unit in Saginaw was created by the previous warden as an attempt to create a, a more of a systematic order in the prison. And he felt that if he brought the incarcerated veterans with, you know, with good behavior into that and created this unit, it would help structure the prison and the overall um, well-being, if you will, of the facility. But it was an experiment. It's an honor unit. And you have to be a, deck, a veteran and you have to have, um, there are certain standards that you have to meet to be in that unit. Got it. And got they've got it. more programs there. Got it. Okay. Okay. And that's where he started getting his head on straight because he started seeing a counselor who helped him to, you know, start looking at things differently and, and stop being a victim. Right. And, and you know. No, there's no question. And again, and this is why I'm here. This is why I have my foundation. Um, I don't know if you mm -hmm. had a chance to review the the tiers, the memberships, but um, I, I can absolutely, I mean, I can, I can be a mentor in some, some fashion. I can be somebody that, you know, he can reach out to and, and, and I can help advise because that's exactly it. Once I stopped blaming others and stopped being a victim, everything changed for me. It, it allowed me to, to really just be honest with myself. You know, and, once that, and that's once, kind of where he's getting to be. He because from the for a long time, for many years, it was always somebody else's fault that he did the things he did, and and now he's saying, "Well, no, it was me. Mm -hmm. uh, I made bad choices, and and I don't want to live this way anymore." That's why he doesn't want to be in Michigan when he gets out. How, how much time does he have left? Yeah, his parole date is in June. Uh huh. And, there's and like I said, we have everything set. It's already been approved. Got it. Okay. So he comes home in June. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So let me let me look over that document and um and and uh we'll just go from there and then I'm here. Okay. You know, to you in the last mama, she's got anything else on the redetermination on that, but I'm pretty certain it was dropped time served and everything was supposed to be done, but somebody dropped the ball and didn't file to remove the restitution. Well, I mean, if that's enrolling, then that that's just a simple procedure. That's just a simple motion to follow through and, and make sure that it gets done. And then, and then um, you can always, you know, seek outside counsel for, for any type of litigation against, you know, everything that's happened after that, you know, mm -hmm. Um, because no, yeah, we know the 2016 law that was passed that if you're unconstitutionally in prison, the state owes you $50,000. We don't know if that'll apply because it went into effect after the fact, but. Well, I mean, if, 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 if the appellate court ruled that his sentence was unconstitutional and he had time served or whatever, and he still affected any kind of benefit or, or, or detriment to his life after the fact then yes because that's when when that's when that ruling comes down like if if it doesn't matter if i'm out in the rec yard if if 
the ruling comes from the appellate court that my time is served, that means that if it's six o'clock at night, they have to come and get me off the wreck. I have to be off that yard immediately because I'm time served right mm-hmm. now. If they give me a date, if they say, you know, time served up until a month from now or whatever, that's different. But if they say right. time served, I'm to be released immediately ASAP. Right. And he was released, but the, um, but the restitution didn't go away. Okay. He was released. He offended. Okay. But, Uh okay. But he was released, not just because he finished out his time. He was released because of the appellate court decision. Yes. Ah, okay. He served a year of the 10. And the restitution, but what, okay. But see, again, it's, it has to be in the wording of how did the, did the court say that he still owed the restitution? This is, again, these are things that we have to know. Yeah, I'll have to look at that document. I'll have to. Yeah. So so send that to me and let me read that thoroughly and then we'll go from there. I think that's my starting point. Sounds good. Okay, mommy. Is there anything else? Um, not at the moment. I mean, there's plenty of other things going on within Saginaw, but uh, the our biggest thing is this restitution, getting it gone um, and ultimately forcing Michigan Department of Corrections to be held accountable. You can't tell who's the cops and who's the robbers because they steal from these guys. They overpaid him in July. Tell, tell everything yeah. that you want to tell. Yeah, they overpaid him in July. You've got all of that too. You can see the accounting. When we asked for the accounting, they sent us totally different information. None of their dates matched. The amounts didn't match. I did a Freedom of Information Act request for his financial statements from January 1st into it was September. And everything is in there. The deposits that I made into his account, his commissary, everything is in there. His wages from his job. When he complained about getting overpaid, getting paid twice and then not getting paid the following month, they changed his hours and dropped his pay. He went from $29 a month, a month, to $25 a month because he complained. They're expected to buy all of their needs, their soap, their shampoo, their, you know, you know the drill on that, but he's restricted to $50 a month based on this commissary, based on this restitution. Um, I think this is willful and deliberate. They overpay them, then they take that money then they don't pay him the next month. And there have yeah. been times I've put money in his account. They've taken it. Right around the tail end of my sentence, they started doing that. They started applying pressure on these guys that owed fines and things like that by limiting their, their commissary, ultimately limiting yeah. their phone, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. They were punishing these guys for, and, and there was never no, no inquiry into why it wasn't being paid or anything. It just, they take all the government's word. So the government comes in says, Hey, Johnny owes $50,000. He hasn't paid. The case manager comes and they, they tell Johnny, listen, Johnny, you haven't paid your, your restitution. Therefore your, your visitations cut, your phones cut, your commissaries cut until you start paying it. And when you, and when Johnny tells him, listen, I have paid it or that's in the court. The case manager is going to tell him, I don't have nothing to do with that. 
you know, until, until this record changes, this is what I go by. And that's just what it is, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and then we run around pulling our hair out because we know that they're wrong. They're trying to get you to act out so that they can deny you parole because they're getting paid to keep you there. Of course, of course. Um, all right. Every time the bus crosses the Mackinac bridge, taking them up to Newberry or, or Kinross or wherever, this, they get $10,000 for driving that bus across the Mackinac bridge. $10,000 for driving the bus, the bus across the bridge. Yeah, that's my understanding. I can't document that, but it's, I've heard it from more than one person. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, um, let's start there. Uh, go. If Have you visited my foundation site yet? I've looked. I'm going to do more into it. And my mom's looked. Um, okay. When I told her about you, she looked you up and she was really impressed with what she saw. Good. I'm glad. I, I appreciate that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you guys. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing is to, you know, just bring voice to the people that I know my family's went through it. You don't know how much my family's went through it. Just scream until they were pulling their hair out just to get an answer from somebody and they do nothing but just put them on hold and, and send them in circles and things of that nature. So no, that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for you guys. So I'll do what I can. For more people, more family members of Saginaw. I know one that's already reached out to you. Perfect. So, so I'm here, I'm building a case file on my YouTube channel under Michigan's corruption and, and, you know, people can just click on it there and just see all the videos that I'm putting in there. So this will be another one that'll go in there. Thank you. Absolutely. No question. So you stay safe. I will. You too. Tell mom Dukes just to, to, I know it's, 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 I can say, don't worry, but you know, we have to always remember our health first. There's only so much that we can do when anxiety, when anxiety starts to build up, we just have to find a way to suppress that or, or alleviate it in some kind of way, but. Well, she's really involved. Uh, my parents are in Bradenton. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. She, she volunteers for the county Manatee County commissioners. So she's, she stays very busy and, um, but she's always been very good at knowing how to uh, fight the system. We, we fought the state of Michigan back in the seventies and won. Okay, well, I need to get with Mom Dukes then, so we can um, maybe maybe um, attack these people down here. She knows how to she knows how to write stuff. Let me tell you. Okay, all right, okay, Polly. Well, thank you. Um, take care, and I'm here if you need me. Just reach out to me, okay? I will, and I'll be sending you. I'm sure I'll be sending you plenty more stuff as we find it. That's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go in here this weekend and build a folder out for for William and see what we can do. Okay. All right. right. If you know of any attorneys that would like to step in and, and, and take this, um, you know, we, we don't have well, a whole lot we can pay. For any, that's why man, I have these. Willing. That's why I have these videos. So, because I have a lot of attorneys, I have several that, that, um, that sponsor my show. So they'll watch okay. this and, um, and, and they'll add a comment or they'll reach to me on the side, tell me to do this or do that. I don't have any attorneys in Michigan, which is odd because I do most of my work up there in Michigan. So if any attorneys, you know, um, that watch this, feel free to reach out to me, you know, and, and I'll put you on, you know, I'll put you on the show and we'll, we'll talk about your firm, you know, we'll highlight you out or whatnot and, and make connections. So again, this is what the channel is, is making connections with, 
we the people like us right here, you know, and just bringing us together to try to try to solve some of these issues. So again, Paul, you know, Polly, take, take care of yourselves, stay safe, stay blessed and we'll, we'll do what we can. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye.